Hello, welcome. My name's Joe. This is the Joe Martino Show. I have a question that we're going to lead with today that someone wrote in and asked me, and then we're going to talk about parenting for a few minutes and the life of the, the story of the life that we live. What story are we telling with our lives? How does that affect our parenting? And how do we move forward? Let's kick it off. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. All right, let's kick it off with a question. Uh, Brian, no location given, has written in, and he's asked this question. Brian writes, Dear Joe, I appreciate your podcast and your YouTube shows. By the way, people, this is uh, me just interjecting into Brian's letter here. If you haven't found the YouTube videos yet, they are on YouTube. I believe it's youtube.com forward slash wandering fisher. I set that up years before I ever even thought about having my own YouTube page. And uh, it's so tied into all of my stuff that I haven't changed it. Uh, if that's too complicated, feel free to go to joemartino.com and click on uh, the YouTube button. You'll see it as soon as in the opening page there. There's just a little word that says YouTube, and it's a link. If you click on it, it'll take you straight to my page. And you can watch short videos dealing with a lot of the things we talk about on our podcast and many things that we haven't yet. All right, continuing with Brian. He writes... Uh, in addition to those, I've actually heard you speak in person a couple of times. I do have a question. It seems to me that you dislike high school sports. You seem to uh, smash it, youth sports, smash it, youth sports, smash youth sports whenever you get a chance. Could you confirm or deny? <laughs> That's actually kind of funny. Could you confirm or deny? Confirm or deny? Imagine if I could read. Confirm or deny that you dislike youth sports. Uh, could you tell me what your thoughts are and why, and do you have research, or is it just your opinion? Okay, so this is actually a question that I get a lot when I talk to people. I used to meet with a, a group of men every Saturday for a couple hours or for an hour in the morning, and we would talk, and one of them was very pro high school sports, youth sports. I enjoy sports. I'm not quite there and uh, this this could be a little bit controversial. This might actually take up the whole episode, and we'll have to talk about parenting next week. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, so, first of all, Brian, from No Place Given, I appreciate it. Next time you do hear me speak, feel free to come up and shake my hand. Let me know. Let me shake your hand. And let me try to answer your question. Uh, I actually grew up playing sports. Sports were probably very pivotal uh, very foundational in who I am as an adult. Uh, I certainly learned a lot, uh, both good and bad, like things that I, I'm glad that I do as a leader, that I learned from people who led me in sports, things that I don't do because I learned not to do them from people who led me in sports. So, so there's both there. Certainly there are character traits. If you read the book Grit by Angela Duckworth, which I am open very regularly about how much I enjoy her writing, how much I enjoy her book, how much I enjoy her approach to it. She talks about, you know, the importance of having our kids do hard things, how kids who play extracurricular activities do better. I have been a coach for 14 years I uh, coached many sports, won quite a few, and all of them, we won quite a few games 
won a couple state championships, won a couple national championships. Uh, maybe that's not accurate. I think I won one national championship, one national coach of the year three times. So I, uh, I, I have been very involved in youth sports. I've been an umpire, a referee. I was director of referees. And about 15 years ago, 16 years ago, I noticed a shift that I believe has come full, like to become a, a shift towards a danger spot that has become fully engulfed in danger. All right. So, so it's one of those things where like, if you go too close to the cliff, you're not, you're, you're in more danger than someone who's away from the cliff, but you're not actually in danger. Your both feet are on the ground. I am afraid that in many ways, how we do youth sports is completely over the cliff. It's fallen. It's, it's beyond, oh, look, veer back. It, it needs a complete overhaul. We have created an environment where youth sports is running families' lives and families aren't better for it. Quite frankly, and this is the part where people usually get fired up, Kids, by and large, are not better for it. Now, look, here's the thing, Brian. Maybe your kid, maybe your kids play sports. And maybe you're like, no, 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 no. Little Brian Jr., he is better off because he played sports. That may very well be true. I wouldn't argue with you. But at best, that's what we call anecdotal evidence. That's not a preponderance of evidence. And when you look at the preponderance of evidence, youth sports are part of what's destroying America today. That's a bold statement, I know. And it's not the sports. It's what we do with them. You got to hear that. So if you love youth sports, then, then I would encourage you. I would ask you. I would plead with you. Listen to this. Hear what I have to say. Look up the data that I'm going to give you. Uh, look up the data that you're using. See how new or how old it is. And then let's talk about how we fix it. Become part of the solution. I was talking to someone yesterday on the phone about how he was very frustrated with how people in America are handling politics today and they just don't do anything. And so I asked a simple question. I said, well, what is it that you're doing? And he said, well, I'm doing this house tour, which is fine. House tours have to get done. But but the point was he wasn't actually doing a whole lot to solve politics himself, solve what he saw as the political problems himself. So if at the end of this you decide you agree with me on high school sports, I'd love for you or youth sports I'd love for you to write in again, Brian, and let me know and tell me, hey, this is what we're doing. This is how we do it different. This is how we do it to protect our family. This is how we do it to protect our community. This is how we do it to protect our kids. Uh, you know, let's. I'm, I'm not. I'm not advocating that we throw away youth sports. There have been times that I've made statements uh, that maybe we should remove them from high schools and make them more community driven. And I still think that that's something we should discuss. I don't know that we have to do that, but I, I don't want to get rid of it. I want to fix it. I want to, I, want to, I want to make it so that it's actually a tool that benefits the family and those who participate in it. And I'll start with my first uh, gripe. Travel sports. Travel teams. Two words that I love individually, travel and teams. Two words that I hate together, travel teams. Here's what happens for a lot of families in America, especially middle-class families. Here's what happens. 
They get their kid up at some ungodly hour because they got to go to school early because we don't pay attention to any research that shows how well kids do when we start the day later because parents have to get their kids to school before they get to work. So the child goes to school, the student goes to school, the young man, the young woman goes to school all day. They get done with school. And then if they've got one or two or three kids, here's what happens. They leave school. Somebody goes to practice. Everybody else goes to that practice. So they they try to get homework done there. But there's like this false sense of community. And I call it a false sense of community because if that child switches teams, that community has gone about 50% of the time. And that's not a made-up number. That's actually been researched and done. It was done in a study called Community in Youth Sports uh, through a, a school on the East Coast. And so there's this false sense of community. So then there's three to fives there or, or whatever. And then five to six at another practice, six to seven at another practice or six to eight in travel time. And then the family gets home at nine, nine thirty. Uh, they rush around. They, they spend time on their devices. They stream their favorite show and they go to bed and they wake up the next morning and they do it again. And then the weekend is just filled with running. They just run everywhere and everybody's busy. Like busy is some sort of status symbol and busy is some something good and something to be celebrated. And the family dies on the vine because we mistakenly believe that all this time that we've spent together at the soccer field, at the baseball field, at the volleyball court, at the, the violin recital, that one a little bit less. Music is, is, is still a little bit more family-friendly, but not, not as much as it should be, in my opinion. We, 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 we mistakenly believe that all of this time spent is actually building the family, and for most families, it's not. Now, that may not be true for yours. Maybe for yours, you're like, no, it is for my family. Maybe so, and to, let me tell you, I hope that that's true, but for most families, it's not, because here's what happens. Once you get beyond one kid, you're splitting your time. Dad's with Junior over there at Brian's Field, and Mom's with with, uh, the third or whoever. I guess you wouldn't have Junior in the third the same, but they're with the daughter or the son, you know, child number two over there at their field, and they're not together. All right, so one of my biggest beefs with youth sports is this idea that we've let it control our lives. We, we've decided we worship at the altar of the possibility that our child will play pro sports. And most people, when I talk to them, when I look at the research, a lot of people put their kids in, 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 in sports not because they want to build their character. That's a nice, easy statement to make, but it's complete and utter hogwash. They put their kids into youth sports because they want them to play college ball. They want them, they're going to play pro ball. And, and, and there's some sort of emotional and egotistical payoff to it. And nobody's talking about that until about eight years ago. Researchers started to talk about it about eight years ago. And so you've got these two things running together. You've got this idea that the sports schedule now runs the family. So I played sports in high school. But my school made it easy for my parents. And even then, it was a little bit difficult. But I was home every day by 5.30 or 6. Uh, we, we practiced on smaller than full fields, smaller than full courts, so that we could get multiple teams to practice at once. It wasn't ideal. But here's the thing. If we're teaching people, if, if we're saying that the, the idea of sports is to teach people, young people, how to become adults... How many things are you going to do today that are going to be under ideal conditions? I can tell you right now, it's not even 9 o'clock as I'm recording this. I'm on my second cup of coffee. I've had grits. My throat hurts. My eyes hurt. My spirit is weary. 
I'm working under less than ideal conditions. Every podcast episode I make is recorded in my office where I take my notes, which means that there are people out there that probably, if you have headphones on, you hear once in a while. I stop recording around the top of every hour so that clients can come in and go back to the room and staff can talk. Sometimes I have to go out and be like, excuse me, could you stop talking to staff? Could you stop talking to each other for a few minutes? Could I steal a few minutes from you to finish my podcast? There's always something that's less than ideal conditions. As an adult, I railed against that until one day I was like, wait a second, that's what we did my entire high school career. And we won league championships. We did this, we did that. It was fine. Nobody really cares now, but we cared then. Now, what, what essentially high school coaches tell parents when their kids are five or six, if your son wants to play basketball, he'll have to play you know, AAU, he'll have to play travel, he'll have to play at the Y, he'll have to play year-round. And what, here's what's really interesting is that's most of the high school coaches, that's most of our youth sports coaches, and yet our big D1 coaches are all saying, no, 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 play multiple sports. Play multiple sports. Sure, be busy year-round. Be involved year-round. But make sure, make sure you're playing multiple sports. Make sure you're taking time away from sports to develop other parts of your mind, your body. And we're not doing that. We think we, I, I, I think we think we can somehow get it all. And we can't. And so we're sacrificing family health to the schedule of youth sports. And it's destroying us. Do you know how many affairs start and youth sports teams because you're traveling together and this weekend mom can go but dad can't when somebody else's kid dad can go but mom can't i mean it's literally we're setting people up for failure so that our kids can play sports we're setting families up for failure so that our kids can play sports we've got to fix it i don't want us to get rid of sports but we've got to fix that earlier i mentioned that we most people not most people a lot of people too many people are putting their kids into sports because they think it's their ticket to college ball to the pros and here's the problem when that becomes the focus character is no longer the focus You'll, you'll hear this. If you talk to people who are entrepreneurs, a lot of times they'll say, don't focus on the money. Focus on the things that you're doing. Focus on the why. Because money's a byproduct of good whys. Going to the pros is a byproduct. Playing college ball is a byproduct of focusing on good character. Of playing to learn good character. But if our focus is on what happens next, and by next I mean when we're done with this team that we're on, we're not focusing on the character that we should be trying to focus on to build in the moment. And that's become a detriment to youth sports. If you don't believe me, just listen to how the parents talk about referees. I laugh, and I laugh because it's easier than weeping. Or, or listen how they talk to referees. I mean, imagine, like, you know, my daughter's played sports, and, and I would go... My one daughter played soccer. It was supposed to be pretty low-key, and most of the time it was. A fistfight almost broke out one time. Some woman was chest-poking my daughter's coach because she didn't like the way that my ki those kids played. And I don't even remember. I think it was because like they we won 5 nothing or 6 nothing, and she felt they were running up the score. Like, she wanted to fight, fist-fight our coach. She was screaming. She I thought she was drunk. She was screaming at the officials, at other parents. She was screaming at 10-year-old girls. And whether or not we want to admit it, she isn't the exception. I always want to go to those people's work and yell at them when they make mistakes. I'm an official. I will admit I have a bias for, especially umpires. I think it's hilarious that people think that they could call balls and strikes better from, you know, 50 feet away. But... 
I and and the, at the same time, I think even in the major leagues, there are umpires that are bad. There are officials that are bad. But yelling isn't going to change that. We've lost sight of character. And if you don't believe me, look up the book One Way to Win. I listened to the listened to the author of that book uh, talk in a podcast that I listened to on leadership, and he talked about how they did a study, a longitudinal study, which means over a long time of years. And what they found was the longer kids were in sports, the less likely they were to have character development because we've lost sight of it. And it starts with us parents. It's not the coaches. They're part of it because a lot of them, they're parents too. But it starts with parents and the way we treat officials. It starts with parents and the way we treat coaches. You want to see somebody lose their mind. Their kid isn't playing right. Their kid isn't getting enough playing time. It's no longer everybody has a role. It's no longer, you know, look, there's 11 playing positions on the field and there's 22 people on the team. It means not everybody's going to get equal playing time. We've lost sight of character development. And that book, One Way to Win, talks about it. it. It shows you the research. It shows you how they did the study. It shows you insights into it. They've lost, we have lost, they point out that we have lost sight of character development in youth sports. The longer you're in, the more likely you are to have character degress, not grow. John Hyman, in his, in his books, one of them is Until It Hurts, and I'm not sure of the second one, but he talks about all the injuries in youth sports, how kids are, are having problems that orthopedics didn't used to see in people until they were in their 60s because they're being overused. They're, being, they're just beating their bodies to pieces for sports. Again, not a character development because we're doing it for wrong reasons. We're not taking care of the bodies that we're given and, and we're, we're overusing them. I, I have a friend that is a major league baseball scout and as an institution, they won't uh, even look at American born pitchers because they're afraid of how much they get overused. Like they want to look at everybody else first because we've lost sight of character. I have a friend who's a coach, and he talks about how when he goes and watches his kids play, he, he, he thinks it's like a badge of honor that he yells at the ref. Well, I watched him coach, and I was like, dude, you made some serious mistakes in that game. Like, like I just think tactical errors. And he and I have a good enough relationship. He's like, yeah, I did. Well, next time it happens, I'm going to yell at you. I'm going to scream at you because that's what you do to the refs, right? Like, if, if we do that in any other arena, we think it's wrong. The same parent who screams at the official will get mad if their spouse screams at them because we know it's wrong, but it's okay in sports because we've lost sight of character building. We've lost sight of the point of sports. Sports are supposed to be a tool that enables the family to grow, that teaches character. Instead, it's teaching a lack of character. Winning becomes the thing above all else. Here locally, uh, we just had a football coach, our local high school football coach retire last year, and I listened to an interview of him. And he said he started a thing called the Pink Arrow Movement. In fact, as far as I know, it's spread across the country, but it started here. We have what's called a Pink Arrow game. And it's, it, we sell T-shirts to raise money for cancer research to help people uh, on the cancer journey, people who are fighting cancer as part of their story. And he talked about how the idea came to him the day after he won a state championship because what he said was there has to be more to, this, to sports than this. And I applaud him. I think that's a, that's a great realization, great insight, and he did something with it. He didn't lose sight of the character. In fact, one of the things that he talked about in the interview that I watched, 
uh, was that he was most proud of a team that actually lost the state championship on a last-second heave. Like the quarterback dropped back, I saw the play, threw it up high, the wide receiver just out-jumped the defensive back, the defensive back was in the right position, and they lost. And he said, I was most proud of those kids because when you looked around the field, they weren't laying down, they weren't throwing their hands up in despair. They were, they were hurt, they were disappointed, they were sad, but they dealt with it in a way that showed their character. And so Coach Noldeen, I say I applaud you. But the problem is for every one Noldeen I can find, I can find you five more that brag about how sports becomes their lives, that brag about how yelling at the official becomes their life. I got to tell you, early in my coaching career, I was one of those guys. I'm, I'm ashamed to say that. We want kids to play sports like they're in the pros because we hope they'll be in the pros. And it's an egotistical thing for us. The kids don't care. You want to watch after... One of the things that we always joke about as umpires is if you go to an ice cream stand after a game, the kids will all be... They'll be talking and having fun and laughing and cutting up. And the coaches, if they lost, they'll be sitting over there moping and... And the parents will be moping. Somebody's kid who didn't play, well, if my kid had played, we would have had four home runs. Right, because the coach intentionally lost. And it's this silliness. It's just utter silliness. The kids don't care. They want to win, but they play for fun. Parents play, or parents have their kids play, and some parents, parents, it's just about character. But for too many, it's about something beyond that. I had a daughter play softball. And she had a girl on her team that was a pretty good hitter. And she got into a funk and she's standing at the plate and she's just teeing off on this girl that's pitching. But they're all foul. She's just foul on all of them. And and it's not like it's all early or all late. She's just, they're all foul. Her dad is standing behind the fence screaming her name. Screaming it. Telling her what to do, which is the exact opposite of what her coach is telling her to do. Again, character says you follow the person that's in authority. I guarantee you if her dad was in charge of a team, whether it was a sports team or a team at work, he would not be happy if someone else told his team to do something the direct opposite of what he told them to do. Right? And so he is just screaming her name, do this, do this, do this. And in my head, I'm thinking, if she does what you're telling her to do, she's going to strike out. And sure enough, she finally moves to the position he told her to. Very next pitch, strikes out. And then he's screaming at her because she struck out. Do you think that girl's having fun that day? I don't. I'll tell you one more story. We're at a soccer game, and my daughter played with a girl that was just really mean and negative. And we'd talk about it. I'd pick her up from practice, and we'd talk about it. And, you know, we're trying to teach our kids from an early age to ask the question about what's, you know, what's the story behind the behavior that you're seeing I've shared with you before, my, my, actually the same daughter, she had a teacher early in her elementary career that was just mean. She would yell and scream at people. And somebody said to us, oh, you know, we were talking about it. And somebody said, oh, it's too bad that you got her after her husband died. Uh, if you had known her before her husband died, she was a completely different teacher. And so we use that to teach my daughter, or at least start to lay the foundation of teaching our daughter. You have to ask yourself what's going on in the person's life that they're acting this way. So we're talking about that with her, with her soccer teammate, who's mean and, and, and nasty and just not a good teammate. And then one day I'm standing on the sidelines and I like to have fun. I'll crack up jokes about, you know, missed calls and I'll crack jokes about, you know, especially about the officials, uh, not yelling at them, but, but certainly, you know, with people around me, hope, hopefully using a little bit of laughter to keep people from yelling at the officials. Uh, 
And her dad is now standing next to me, this teammate of my daughter's, and he motiv- he's, air quotes, motivating her. Everything she does isn't right. She had a great through ball. If you don't know anything about soccer, that won't mean anything to you, but if you do, a great through ball is worth its weight in gold in a soccer game. But he, he, he didn't like it because it didn't have the right pace, and he told her, told her that. He yelled at her. He'd yell her name, and grr kind of like she did with her teammates. Because here's the thing, sports will develop your character. But what we're, we're missing and what we're refusing to accept is they are currently developing most athletes' character to become adults that we don't want them to be. Because we're modeling behavior for them that we don't want them to do. And it's silliness. It's absolute positive silliness. We've got this problem where we're, we're, destroying, we're destroying family time. We're not focusing on character. And we've lost this character development component. And we're hurting kids. Like they're literally having physical ailments that people, orthopedics. I have a friend that's an orthopedic and he will tell you, I don't want my kids to play sports because I see injuries in kids that I haven't seen and that I never used to see in people until they were in their 60s. We're physically hurting our children for, for a win that nobody cares about, or at least that no one cares about 30 minutes after it's done. Hyman in his book cites research that says high school athletes are more likely to cheat on tests than non-high school athletes. And it's not his opinion. It's not my opinion. It's cited research. And we just ignore it. Kids who play baseball are more likely to have joint issues. Cited research. Kids who play football, more likely to have brain problems. Cited research. Like, you don't have to like it, but you have to accept that it's something we have to look at. And by the way, if they want to raise taxes, what's the first thing they threaten if they don't get it? Oh, that's right. They threaten sports. Why? Because sports gives us identity. Now, here's the thing. I hope you get this. My kids play sports. I'm not against sports. I'm against what we're doing with them. We need to reclaim them. We need to say no to all the travel team nonsense. We need to find balance. We're out of balance. Sports have become the tail that wags the dog. It's no longer a tool that builds people up. In fact, I really had this point driven home when I start sitting in my therapy room with men in their 20s, late 20s, early 30s, and all the glory is gone. I literally had a guy who's 28 years old say to me, my best days are behind me because he was a high school quarterback and they were very good and they won. He was literally a stereotypical punchline joke of, I just don't know how to function now. And what it came down to was he was used to walking down the hallways, right? And people would defer to him because he was the quarterback. All the pretty girls wanted to date him. And now he's got bills and kids that don't really care that he was the quarterback because they're little and they're puking on him and pooping on him and peeing on him. And he hated his life. He said, how do you go from playing in front of 60,000 people to working in a factory? Now, I want to be clear. I don't think it's the sport that failed that guy. It was the coaching. It was the leadership. It was his parents. Somewhere along the line, playing became about playing, not about character development. It it became about all of the perks and the benefits. And so if we're going to fix this... 
Brian, I want you to know I'm not against sports. I'm against the way that we do them. We need to fix them. We need to reclaim them. We need to stop being proud of the fact that we give up every weekend of our summer so our kids can go play sports that don't actually matter. We need to stop being proud of the fact that we let sports keep us from having dinner together. We need to stop being proud of the fact that we don't spend time together as a family because we're all running around to different fields. And we need to reclaim it. We need to fight for it. We need to pull it back. We need to say enough is enough. My family matters more than my daughter's sports career. My family matters more than my son's sports career. Period. We need to stop taking pride in the fact that we, we, we wink and nod in okay behavior that we would crush anywhere else when it comes to officials, when it comes to umpires and referees. We need to call out that bad behavior in other parents. We need to have community that isn't just sports teams. Because here's the thing, more research, when those sports teams end, there is no community most of the time. Very few people actually develop lifelong friends or friends that are truly community-driven friends in a sports world. It's like work. There are people who make friends at work. They'll be my friends forever. Most studies show that two years after leaving a place, you rarely talk to the people you worked with in person. With Facebook and social media, it's a little different today, but not much. So we've got to start by by reclaiming family. We've got to put pressure on coaches and leagues to say enough's enough. Make this family friendly. Stop bragging about the fact that we're taking family away from family. Then we need to start actually focusing on character again. That needs to become part of the everyday conversation. We need to stop worshiping in sports because here's the thing. Sports are our identity, and that's a bad place for identity to come from. When they're our identity, it's okay to yell at the coach because my son didn't play. It's okay for me to say things about the coach that I would be completely upset about if somebody said about me at work or anywhere else. We need to show our kids, we need to bridge the gap for our kids about how what they're learning in sports will someday help them as adults. Because if it's not going to help them as adults, what are we doing? We've killed free play, right? And when was the last time you drove by a baseball field and saw kids just playing for fun? It doesn't happen anymore. And certainly part of that is because stranger danger and all those other things. But part of it is because coaches are like, don't play, don't play. We want to be protected. Play only here. Practice at home. Practice, practice, practice. They got the rest of their life to be adults. They need to have free play. That's a whole different episode, and I am really into time here. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it up here. We've got to reclaim it. We've got to pull it back. We've got to make it more community and family friendly. We need to stop this idea that we, it's great that we practice all night, Monday to Friday so that we can travel Saturday and Sunday or Friday to Sunday for our kids to play sports. And there are families that are doing this. There are families that are saying, no, you can play one sport uh, a year. You can play one season or for every two seasons you play, you have to take one off. There are families that are saying we won't join sports teams that cause us to miss X amount of hours from home. And their families are better off for it. And, and some of you listening might be, Joe, this isn't, this isn't our reality we, we don't have people that yell at referees. We don't have people that yell at the coach. Great, but you're in the minority. Look up the research. I know for a long time research said if your kids play sports, their character is developing in a positive way. That tide has turned. And we're not catching up to it. We're not running it down. And it's time that we do. So, Brian, I want to be clear here. I'm not against youth sports. I'm not against high school sports. 
Uh, I am against what we're doing with them. I am against the fact that we have let them just run roughshod over families. We've let them run roughshod over 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 community. We've we've created a false world, and our kids are suffering for it. And I want that to stop. I want that to stop. I think sports can be a great tool. They can be a great learning mechanism. I applied to coach a local team uh, just last year. It didn't work out. They went with someone else because they obviously don't want to win. I'm kidding. But uh, I'm not against youth sports. I I was just a hair whisker away from signing up to be an umpire again this year. I just don't know how I fitted in my schedule with my family. Three of my, actually all four of my children have played sports at one time or another. I was about to exclude my little dude, but he played last year. And, and that's great. And we talk about it, but we don't let it run our family's life. We don't let it run our family's schedule. I stay in contact with the coach. Uh, one, one time I've gone to a coach and said, hey, you can't do that. And he, he yelled at my daughter on the field uh, for something the rest of the team was doing. And I told him, I said, you can do it. You're the coach. You get to do whatever you want. But if you do it again, we won't play for you. And I can tell you, I know my daughter. I study human behavior for a living. She wasn't motivated by what you did. She was defeated. And so you have to know how to coach other, you know, coach kids differently. Heard a great story about Bear Bryant just yesterday. Bear Bryant coached people differently. Someone who played for Bear Bryant was telling a story about how he had watched Bear just wear a guy out by just grabbing his uh, what a face mask and shaking him back and forth and just wore him out yelling. And two weeks later, the person telling the story said, I missed a crucial block. And Bear Bryant sent me a note, just a little note on my locker that said, come to my office. I walk in thinking I'm going to get wore out, and Bear just says, I know you can do better. You can't miss those blocks. Now get out of my office. Bear Bryant was a great coach because he knew how to coach people differently. And so for some kids, maybe what that coach did, my daughter's coach did, would work. For her, it just defeated her because she felt singled out in front of, you know, 45, 50 people for something that most of the team was doing. And he actually got all red, and he was like, I didn't mean it. I was, I was trying to blah, blah, blah. And I was, It's fine. I'm just saying... Like, that's the only, you know, you can't do that. I am going to defend my daughters. I'm going to talk about my daughters, but I'm going to do it in a polite way. I'm going to do it in a way that models the character that I want my kids to have. I cannot tell you how many games I've been a part of where the parents modeled behavior that they'd never let their kids get away with. When I was an umpire, I had to tell a, a pitcher to change his glove because the rule book clearly stated he had to change his glove. His dad got mad and he was screaming at me, which whatever. His dad actually walked out in the field. I could have kicked him out there. I said, sir, please go back to the stands. He goes back to the stands. I get down in my crouch to start calling balls and strikes and I feel something hit me in the back of the head. I ignore it. I turn around. One of the parents points over to him. He's throwing stones at me. Literally, I was being stoned. I'm kidding. Uh, and of course, I kick him out and he says to me, you can't do that. I'm like, well, yes, I can. Welcome to authority, sir. He was a preacher. Like, just totally insanity in his behavior. He would never tolerate that behavior in his kids. We have to fight to get that back. And by fight, I mean we've got to do the hard work as parents to model behavior that matters, model behavior that we want our kids to grow up with. All right, that, this, is, this is obviously something I'm passionate about. Brian, hopefully I answered your question. Uh, everyone, thank you for listening. If you have any questions about this, if you have any feedback, please write me, let me know. 
Uh, info at joemartino.com. Put podcast in the subject line, or you can go to my webpage, joemartino.com, and contact me there. Uh, there's a, a contact me page that you can fill out. That's how Brian got a hold of me. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. Give us a rating on the iTunes store. And if you have a question for a future show, feel free to send us an email at info at joemartino.com. You can also go to joemartino.com and click on the contact me page. Until next time, remember, change possible.